I guess you could call it breast news. <laughs> Boob news? Boop news. I'm bringing it down a notch. That breast was too classy. And notable knockers, I guess. <laughs> notable knockers. <laughs> the weakened titties. Let's go. Welcome to Hey You Know It. My name is Jaquetta Sotmari, and I'm here with my co-host, Katie Kazmier. Hey You Know It is a podcast that tells you how it is or how it should be. You can listen to Hey You Know It on iTunes, a new episode every Monday. And here they are, Jaquetta and Katie. Kick off, if I may. Uh, yay. And okay. year 11. Oh my God. Year yeah. 11. This is year 11 year, for us. Year 11. Um, I want to kick off with some... Hallmark TV original news. I'd be remiss if I didn't start off. So it's the end of summer and I'm just going to give you some end of summer Hallmark uh, romance originals. This one is called A Brush with Love. (gasps) Oh, I I love the Hallmark channel. They're actually coming out with their first LGBTQ plus. I'm not sure how they're calling it, but it's a, a lesbian wedding that's coming up. Oh, great. And it's going to be as sappy, I assure you, as the straight weddings. Yeah, because they're going to put the whole heteronormative um, dynamic (laughs) on top of it. Sure. I don't know if it's going to be, I don't know if they're going to have the balls to show two women in wedding dresses or if they're going to both be in tuxes. That's what I want to know. Yeah. What are they? Yeah. What is the wedding attire going to be? I want to see two bridezillas. And are, what is the ceremony going to be like? Is it going to be... Where is it going to be? Under a tree? Yeah. Who's residing? In a Unitarian or Presbyterian church. Mm-hmm. Where is it going to be? So this one, this is just heteronormative. A brush with love. As she considers giving up on her artistic dreams, Jamie paints a vision board that brings her success and love, only to discover that the mystery man in her painting that she painted isn't who she thinks what stars ariel kebble and nick bateman so she paints a portrait and she's like i don't even know who this is yeah this is our uh it's a vision board oh so it's not just a portrait it's like that that crap from the secret oh right yeah you got to be careful with those things because if you start putting like tearing stuff out of magazines and putting it up you may get that model that is in the actual picture showing up who is as dumb as a bag of rocks and, you know, I had, I did a vision board once. It was just a large cork board and I put a dollar bill in the center of it and I should have put a C note in the center. I think that's where I went wrong. Probably. Cause you're just yeah. thinking about dollars and not. I did get a few dollars, but that's oh, it. One dollar. One dollar. Oh, yeah. 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 You stay, put lots of money. So in the ad. Oh, you know for, what? I, I just want yeah. to say that I did something similar, but a I. Vision I, board? Well, no, I was like feng shui in my place. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember you were doing feng shui. Yeah, and so there's a prosperity corner, and you're supposed to put things that remind you of wealth in your prosperity corner. What was in there? So I found this giant gold coin made of chocolate. You know, this, cho- yes. you know, this chocolate? The, the chocolate is terrible. Right, but it was huge. It was, it was the size of my head. It was like the biggest gold oh, my coin, goodness. chocolate coin I've ever seen. So I was like, yeah, man, that's massive, sweet coin. And so <laughs> yes. that belongs in my prosperity corner. And Did the so, universe not get that joke? I think they were like, yeah, we'll see your joke and, mad- and raise it. A bigger joke about finances. <laughs> if you want to be funny, we yes. can be funny. We got jokes too. Yeah, we got jokes about money. You want money coming in? Well, guess what? Here's the credit card offer. That's not money coming in. Zero percent for 18 months. Yeah, sure. How do you like that? (laughs) Where's the check? Where did you get the gigantic coin from? CVS. Oh, wow. I kind of, for some reason, I always buy those or they somehow get in my house, those terrible coins. Yeah. They taste disgusting. If anyone out there who is a listener and you know where we can get some decent looking chocolate gold foil covered coins, please let us know at heyyouknowit at gmail.com. Well, actually, I have the answer for you and I don't even have to email you. At hey, you I'd know like you to email me though because I made that announcement. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know where? Yes, I do. Okay. You ready? Yes. Trader Joe's. 
Really? When the holidays come around, they have those coins and they are good. It's good chocolate. A little chocolate Gelda. I like it. Um, so back to a brush with love. So yes. in, in the imagery, we see a woman and a man. It's a meet cute over some laundry. <laughs> so they both have their hands on the laundry basket. It's my basket. Yeah. Okay. It's quite obvious to tell whose laundry basket it is, people. Really? Um, yeah. And you look into it. So that's a brush with love. Also, unless uh, just, you're in Annie Hall. Yeah. And then you don't know. Yeah. Um, and then there's another one. And this was a little confusing because in the image, it's an older gentleman dressed at a, a stereotypical borderline uh, chauvinist, like a French chef looking. Okay. It's like French chefs don't look like this anymore if they ever did. It's just a stereotype. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's an older gentleman in a chef's uniform who we can assume is European. Mm-hmm. And then a young woman who looks confused. And it okay. says, it's called Summer Villa. A oh. romance novelist with writer's block and a celebrity chef suffering from a bad review <laughs> accidentally end up staying at the same French villa for the summer. Suffering from a bad review, from a single bad review, this chef. Oh God! Is you know his ego is like butter, right? (laughs) A clarified (laughs) butter. Yeah. Um, (laughs) They they actually end up staying at the same French villa for summer. As they attempt to share the house and mend their personal lives, they find that what they're really missing is more of a personal matter. Starring. Starring Hillary Burton and Victor Webster. I don't know if this is a May-December summer villa situation or if they both discover that they need love and then they help each other find love in their respective demographics. Yeah. Ah. Maybe, um, so they wingman each other? Maybe. And can you, I would love to wingman a stereotypical French chef. Yeah. I would <laughs> pretend to be a sous chef and let's just leave it, you know, we'll work from the room. Okay. There's no way that that can go wrong. Those those are two Hallmark TV originals I think that you can end your summer with. They have some good stuff coming up for fall. They have a fall harvest movie guide and they haven't released the, you know, the collateral that goes along with these films, but we can look forward to Love at Daisy Hills. Love at Daisy Hills. Okay. Mm-hmm. Daisy Hills? Like that's yeah, her name? Like or is star. it? Is, so she's Daisy Hill, or is it like the farm? Who Come knows? over to Daisy Hills the, the and image, look a cow. <laughs> the image they put with it is just a dog. So, oh, I don't know. so we don't there's, know. Yeah, there's another one uh, later in September called Love at Look Lodge. And then too much. Too country, much. country at heart. Some nice thunder. My best friend's bouquet. Oh, and sweet autumn, sweet autumn. Yeah, and they've got a you know they've got pictures of pumpkin spice. There's apples. There's a cat. There's a mulled wine and what looks Ooh. like a mule's cup. Okay, uh, and then a dog eating a pie. So uh, if that doesn't say romance. It's the heart of fall. Right. <laughs> That's what it says. The heart of fall. That's what they came up with. Hmm. It's not not fall into love. You know. But the heart of fall. Heart. So, yeah, that's right. your update on. I can't wait to fall in love again with yeah. these romances. With these wonderful romances. A brush with love. All right, what do you have? A Swiss town was coated in cocoa powder after a, fac- a factory glitch. <laughs> Are you serious? It snowed particles of fine powder in, in Olten after the ventilation system of the lint. And <gasps> they must have been thrilled. I love Lind. Yeah, that chocolate factory malfunctioned. Right. Sure it did. So the residents of a Swiss town got a bit of a shock when it started snowing particles of fine chocolate cocoa powder after the ventilation system of the chocolate factory malfunctioned. <gasps> I would have yeah. rushed outside with an iced cake and just let it happen. I know. So it, it <laughs> you, they show an image of it and it looks like a fine sprinkling on this this car. Um, <laughs> fine sprinkling on a vehicle. I yeah, like it. It's, so it was a defect in the cooling ventilation system for a line of roasted cocoa nibs. I love a cocoa nib. I do too. Ah, they're good. 
Yeah, because Nib says, we know, are fragments of crushed cocoa beans, and they're the basis of chocolate. Uh, so strong winds that morning. Everything conspired to yeah. help this spring, right? It all came together, and this perfect storm leaving a fine cocoa dust. Wow. Good for them. Yeah. And I hope it was like a cool day. Yeah, right? Never could gather it. Since the company says one car was lightly coated, offered to pay for any cleaning needed, but nobody's taken them up on it. <laughs> it's a light coating of chocolate dust. It's not nuclear waste. Right. It's not detritus. I appreciate And it's funny because I feel like here in the U.S., if it were nuclear waste, I'd be like, you clean it up yourself. Yeah. You shouldn't have left your car out there by the nuclear power plant. Exactly. Um, it's, it's funny because you know what this reminds me of? Another story um, where in in Hoboken, the, Hoboken used to be home to the famed Maxwell House coffee um, factory. I didn't know that. Is that yeah. factory still, can you still see it? No, the factory is no longer there because they, they renovated it, made it into um, it's like apartments. Co- it's Java like, lofts or something. Yeah, it's, <laughs> and it's just Mo- Max- Mocha Hughes. No, Maxwell House apartments, you know, so... Okay. Um, they kept the name, but the thing was back in the day when they would roast the coffee, you know, it would, it would go into the air because they didn't have a lot of filtration <laughs> and things <laughs> like that. People were alert AF and so Hoboken. People with the women, especially who were at home would put out towels on their windowsill, light, just slightly damp. And the wind would carry the, um, the coffee grounds. And then you could, you could get a cup of coffee out of that. Wow. Yeah, so I love stuff that. like that. Yeah. I find that fascinating. Yeah. When I first moved up here uh, in the Bronx, I'm in the Northwest Bronx, there was a, a, I think it was like a Stouffer's or something like that. There was a cookie factory down the hill. And every night I would come home smelling cookies. And it was right. incredible. And it was the best smell ever. Uh, and then they tore it down. And I was so sad. Oh, that's a bummer. No, it didn't sell it. You could never get a cookie out of there. Like you could never buy a cookie. They didn't even have like a broken cookie department or, you know, anything like that. Oh, come on. (laughs) So you would just be smelling these wonderful cookies. um, That you could never, ever taste. Yeah. I think the factory moved to Mexico. That's like a living Um, hell. You just smell these cookies and never, ever get to bite one. It also wasn't, the the smell didn't match with what I was seeing in my neighborhood. Oh, yeah. (laughs) This is an urban center, people. Yeah. Um, not like a gingerbread cookie house kind of thing. Yeah. So I have something. Um, should I do this? Oh. Speaking of foods, yes. uh, some booze news. Booze news. Nice. Booze news. Some bros have developed a guilt-free, hangover-free booze. Hold the phone. Yeah, so usually I'm like anti these kind of like Tim Ferriss bro types, but yeah. this I'm like, okay, bro, you got me on something here. You lay it on us. What's lay going it on, on me? Um, so it says there can never be enough products to help take the edge off, especially in 2020. True mm-hmm. that, bro. True that. Yeah. <laughs> um, beer and alcohol sales going through the roof. People are struggling with the quarantine 15, but people are. Um, you know, have for years have wanted to be deep in the fitness world, but also have a couple of drinks. But, you know, drinking and fitness don't really go together. Not at all. It's not just bad for you. It's not just the sugars, the carbohydrates, but and a lot of drinks is crap in it, you know. Right. A lot of stuff you don't, especially if it's already mixed, pre-mixed drinks, canned drinks, that kind of thing. So these bros have created something called Pulp Culture. It's a fermented pressed juice. So it's kind of like a kombucha mm-hmm. containing the same alcohol content as a 12 ounce bottle of Beck's beer. Okay. But wow. there are no, there, no, there's nothing unnatural in this. There are no toxins in this thing. Yeah. Um, there's no uh, added sugars, no coloring, nothing. And apparently you can drink it and you don't get a headache. You're not hung over the next day. Well, how much are they talking like drink to your heart's content or well, keep in mind, these are like, you know, extreme sports. I'm going to beat yoga. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think they really indulge too much in anything. Like I feel like they're a soil at the soil and green level of eating. Okay. They're probably biohacking. 
you know, yeah, right, absorbing this kind of thing. They're absorbing um, biohacking, but uh-huh. it's it's four point nine percent, right? So that's comparable with a hard seltzer or a beer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's next to the kombuchas. So I may have already had one of these things and been like, "Damn, this is good," and not realize it, <laughs> right? <laughs> because the kombu- kombucha tastes like it's alcoholic already. Yeah, because it's um, fermented, no? Yeah, it's fermented, and it says they have uh, four flavors. So guava and peach, which is called Think. A passion fruit strawberry, which is called Hustle. I don't know how they came up with these uh, names. Grapefruit and goji berries for restore. And then something that's blueberry centric. Because oh. I know married to someone who's one of uh, my husband's favorite foods is blueberries. It's really hard to get something that's full on blueberry. Blueberries are expensive. Mm-hmm. And generally they cut it with other berries and they just dye it blue. Right, right, right. So, and it's, it's a hard flavor too to approximate, you know. So if you so get they, something that's pure natural blueberry, then you've got yeah. a, like a golden winner there. But this is blueberry centric. It's a centric. It's blueberry adjacent. Yeah. And it's called relax. Um, so the, the person who wrote the article tried it out. This was in muscle and fitness. Oh, by the way, Greg sent this to me. Um, they said it didn't disappoint. You get a buzz. And then in the morning when you wake up, you have no problem hopping out of bed and going for a, you know, long distance run. Okay. I guess up a mountain both ways. Sure. <laughs> you know, barefoot. Yeah. Uh, carrying a kayak. I'm ready for this. I'm all yeah. about this. So, um, yeah, it's an alcoholic beverage and it's in, it was in men's fitness. It was, oh, muscle and fitness magazine. It's alcoholic beverage. Um, good for athletes. I guess, who want to have a couple of drinks, but don't want any of the negative effects or the toxins of alcohol. And I'm like, if you could take the toxins out of alcohol, why aren't people doing that? Exactly. I'm not taking them out. If you can create it without toxins, why aren't you doing that? I think the toxins are part of the fun because it adds an element of danger. (laughs) Yes. And really, it's like, I I shouldn't be doing this. This is really bad. And well, the, the one reason that I, not the one reason, but one of the reasons why I don't just drink myself into a Templeton like stupor all the time is that those toxins let you know it's time to stop because yeah. you, you don't want to be hung over. Right. Yeah, exactly. You and know? you know how much you can drink and not be hung over. So it stops. Yeah. You. So yes. Thank you. Toxins. Yes. The, the toxins, um, you know, let us know when to, when to say when. So the, the guy who started this, it's called Vega. He hadn't had alcohol in 14 years. Oh, wow. Well, good for him. Yeah, because he's a triathlete, and he said that performance can only be enhanced by staying on course, and having a headache is just not, you know, it's something true. he can maintain. It's true, because you don't get the right sleep. You know, yeah. you don't have the energy to do yeah. things the next day. You know, and you're just like, you start like saying, well, you know, the next day when you're hungover, you're like, I don't really need to do this. I don't need to do yeah. that. And I commend these bros for figuring that out early because when I was younger, I didn't really have a handle on the rate, you know, the drinking to headache ratio. Yeah. That's something you develop as you get older, right? Yeah, exactly. You know how much you can drink because I was, you know, you have to be experienced. Right. Yeah. You have to know. I think about when I go out for like an evening out, like if we're doing a couple of things, um, I'd say, you know, three or four drinks, if we're going to be moving around, is fine. Mm-hmm. But one more and I'm done. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it just doesn't really work. The, the stomach up. Yeah. yeah. The headache, all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to try this stuff, this pulp culture. Um, okay. Because one, I like, I like fermented things. I like the taste of it. And I've had a positive experience with kombucha. And I'm going to say that this helps with gut health. All right. <laughs> You're going to say it. You don't know it, but. I'm going to say it. Uh, I'm going to try it. And I am definitely going to look for the, um, probably the relaxed, the blueberry centric one. Because a passion fruit, strawberry beer, it sounds too much for me. A guava and peach beer, that sounds like too much fruit for me. Oh, I would like that. I like a fruity um, wine. I like a fruity beer. Yeah, so maybe we should try this at right. year 11. Look, we're year still 11. with you, white wine, tasteful, and we love you, but, you know, yeah. we got to mix it up. Yeah, because we've got things to do, things yeah, to deal with in this 
in, this, in year 11. We have that triathlon to run. <laughs> so I've got some animal news. Awesome. This is barnyard news. Yes. Barnyard okay. news. Awesome. Barnyard news is a segment where we report on animals in the barnyard and animals out of the barnyard, basically any animals. Yeah. So this one basically got out of the barnyard. This, Early. Yeah. This in, in Tennessee, in Ashland, Tennessee, 150 pound um, tortoise escaped from a Tennessee home. How? Uh, right? 150 pound turtle, te- uh, tortoise rather. And it was returned after 74 days. It managed only to make it less than a mile during its slow and steady journey. So let's. Actually, it was hustling, shifting ass, as they say in Britain. Yeah. Hurtling down the road as far as it was concerned. 74 days later, it's like, shit, I can still see where I was walking from. Right. So his name is Solomon, and he got out of his enclosure and was discovered just an. How? Just an eighth of a mile away from home. He said the and said a man and his son spotted Solomon um, grazing in a valley at a construction site and returned him within minutes. So Solomon must have been like, it took me forever to get here and you bring me home in minutes? Yeah. I can't. I just can't. I was eating. Yeah. Yeah. So the tortoise the nobody knows like really if it like was a, he traveled in a straight line, did he meander? What did he do? He's fifteen years old. Um I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, the 15-year-old tortoise um, trek remains a mystery. So they don't know the details of his adventure and how he managed to elude everybody, this 150-pound tortoise. Well, who was looking for him? <sighs> I don't know. They don't mention. I'm sure that he was a beloved pet and was with the family since birth. And the owner said they would pay his rescuers a reward. I, I just don't understand how you, first of all, the, the lack of manual dexterity on these things is shocking. I don't know how he got out. out of the they're, not, they're not known for being strong. So I don't think he just slowly trampled his way out. Yeah, and the thing is, like... When did you notice he was gone? Exactly. They were not paying attention to Solomon because, I mean, you would have caught him even a week later if he were looking outside. <laughs> even a week later, you would just see, like... Oh, he's, a, he's across the street. When did, when did you see him last Thursday? Yeah. Oh, okay. He didn't get far. Right. An I eighth mean, of a mile. An eighth of a mile. So if they had just fanned out in a circle, yeah, they would have found him. If they cared. Yeah, if they cared. Yeah. I, I think they didn't give a shit, and they were probably like, he'll come back, or someone will find him. Or they just didn't know, because they don't even care. They've neglected Solomon. I wonder if he even knows that he left. <laughs> He's like, nobody pays attention to me. I'm going to really show them now. Yeah, I'm going to show them. And it's like, it's been, I've been out here for years. I have my house on my back anyway. I could go wherever. It's so bizarre. So Solomon, animal news. Out of the animal barnyard. News. I love it. Um, so I've got some weird news that Greg sent in. Oh. And I have a lot. I don't know. This is not in any segment. I don't know how to categorize it, but Nebraska Highway Patrol discovered an abandoned armored vehicle. It says resembling a tank. It is a tank. Resembling it. Okay. It's a huge tank, like a huge military tank. It was abandoned off, off, off the side of the road. What? And they don't <laughs> know who owns this tank? No. It said officials in Nebraska are trying to reunite a military armored vehicle with its rightful owner after it was found abandoned. Nebraska Highway Patrol says the vehicles, which resembles a tank, but is used in engineering operations. It's a tank, people. I'm looking at it. Like, I don't know why they keep saying it looks like a tank. It's not <laughs> like an auto mechanic has been working on this as a side project in his backyard or something. It looks like a panzer, okay? I mean, the trailer was abandoned by the driver of a trucking company who was contracted to move the vehicle that belongs to the National Guard. Oh, okay. So the National Guard asked this guy to move a tank for them. Not sure why they didn't move it themselves. They're the National Guard. <laughs> yeah, and then the, right. guy, the guy started moving it, and he was just like, you know what? F it. It's big. I'm going to leave it right here. I don't care. Yeah, they weren't going to pay. Or maybe, oh, God, I wonder what the backstory is with that. Exactly. I'm thinking somebody pissed Clem off. And he was like, you know what? Clem's not moving this vehicle anymore that looks like a tank. Or maybe they were all drinking one night. Maybe some of this um, 
And they left him there? No. And they were, he's like, your tank is, is nothing to me. My truck can tow anything. (laughs) And then they're like, oh, stop. It's a tank. You can't tow a tank. And there was like, yeah, I can. And they're like, fine, you tow it tomorrow. (laughs) So they've been trying to contact the guy. You're never going to find him. Yeah. He's, I mean, did you know, did you even know who he was in the first place? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, so there's a tank out there left on the side of the road uh, by the National Guard, just abandoned. I mean, luckily, nobody hopped into this thing and started running around. No it's, kidding, 20, right? it's 2020. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, because there's a lot of people who can operate tanks that are mm-hmm. civilians now. Oh, right? I'm sorry. It, it resembles a tank. We have to- I guess they don't want to admit that uh, the National Guard has tanks. Yeah. But <laughs> obviously they do. Um, even if they're saying this isn't a tank, it's actually just, you know, um, an armored vehicle. But yeah, yeah. and the, the headline that Greg, Greg sent with it was, Dude, where's my tank? Yeah. <laughs> Referencing right. the seminal Dude, where's my car? Thank you, Greg. Thank you for yes. sending this in, in year 11. Yes, I love it. I loved, I watched Dude, Where's My Car for my birthday, and I was never more delighted by a film. No. It is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> Clutch like it. All right, what do you have? Uh, I have, um, I guess you could call it breast news. <laughs> Boob news? Boob news. I'm bringing it down a notch. That breast was too classy. And notable knockers, I guess. <laughs> notable knockers. <laughs> The weekend titties. Let's go. Okay. So a French tradition of topless sunbathing has been defended as a vital freedom by a government official after a local police force tried to get a group of women to cover up. Why? So first of all, France. Second of all, I mean, right. There was an incident at the beach of Saint Marie la Mer in south Mm -hmm. the south of France. There were some women who took off their their tops. And so two police approached the, the group and requested they put on their tops, their bikini tops. How close did they get to them? Were they appalled? <laughs> they have louds because like, man, we think we see nips and side boob. So with the, so the police action, you know, drew, drew a response from people who said it was unfounded that the police regulate what people wear on a beach. Yeah. What they were like, what is this America? Yeah, right. They say freedom is a precious commodity, and it is normal um, that the administration recognize their errors. So um, what happened, the police were approached by a family who said they were embarrassed by the topless sunbathers because their children were present and asked if the woman would cover up for that reason. I don't understand that. I feel like as children, we saw boobs all the time. Yeah. So it's like, well, the thing is, if you're a you have a family with kids and you don't like to see a boob, then you need to move away from the boobs. You need to move away from a beach because there's tons of boobs there and you're going to see them. Yeah. Like what's the difference? But I've read some articles about this and I don't know what your feeling is, but the, the article seemed to suggest that a, just nudity is less sexual than like super sexy bikinis. Yeah. And that the way to normalize people's bodies and to, to not, you know, to desexualize it away is to see nudity yeah. as, as normal and natural. It's not shameful. Right. I agree. And so, but it, the thing is that, you know, they were going, the, the ideas around this were, if you're offended, then you need to go. It is a body yeah. and we yeah. don't care. And the police should not regulate what you're wearing. And it is okay to be topless. And I think even in New York, it's okay to, for women to be topless. Yeah, I know for sure in France, and I know at the beach, it's it's like a cultural thing, yeah. right? Yeah. In Europe, in a lot of places. A lot of places, you, yeah. They're... You expect it. Yeah. And okay. the, I'm assuming the women were not playing like volleyball. Right. Because that's uncomfortable. They're trying to get a tan without some awful tan lines. Even yeah. I, as a person of color, will, if, if given the opportunity, will at least roll down the straps. Yes. Because I don't want that either. It, it ruins the look. Right. Yes, I know. And like, you know, as a youngster on the beach, I would, I would lay on my stomach and undo the strap in the back and take off the uh, the shoulder straps. And so, yeah, everyone does that. Whatever. Yeah. But you had to keep putting it on. But yeah, it was interesting how, well, it's like this family asked the police to tell them to put on their 
tops. What a bunch of assholes. They could have taken that moment to explain. Like, were their children, like, throwing up in the sand or something? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> this is what I've never seen children react negatively to breasts. Yeah. I've seen I've seen little boys act silly, and I've seen little girls act silly. Yeah. But I've never seen them be like, ah, yeah. you know, start hitting themselves well, in the yeah. head. I know. Well, it's the idea of, like, they're <laughs> saying that the breasts are considered, a, you know, a secondary sex characteristic. So it, well, it's I can't help thing. that if they consider it that way. Yeah. And so yeah. it's a sexual thing, and it needs to be covered. Sexual what about buttocks? Things. Hey, that's a, a good band name. Sexual things? Yeah. What about a buttock? Is a thong okay? Because that is a lot of, you know, it's kind of, the the butt is kind of the breast of the lower half. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, are they upset by that? I don't know. They, but all I know is that they were ex- upset about this this boob. I mean, I'll say personally, I'm I'm very modest in my beach attire. You are as well. Yes. Right. That's just our preference. If I could wear well, a pantaloon <laughs> in a parasol, really- I would. <laughs> A frilly hat. Yes. A bonnet. A bonnet. Um, cap. But that's that's my you know, my choice. When I go to the beach though, I expect to see everything from banana hammocks to teeny weeny bikinis to dental floss to yeah. you know to and that's just the way it is. Brazilian right. style bikinis, you know. The one thing I wanna see I don't see, which is a belted one piece. Yes. <laughs> You don't oh, see enough of those, yeah. I don't see enough of that. The belted one piece on it. Yeah. <laughs> That's so bizarre. So the weather, yeah. I can't imagine going over to, I would just leave. If I saw something that really upset me, I would I would just go to another part of what is probably a gigantic beach. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's time for people just to move along if they're upset. Yeah, that, that would be. people be. Officer Katie says, why don't you just move along? You're upset. You're upset. You seem upset. You seem hysterical. Move along. Move along. <laughs> so what do you have? Um, I have a creepy technology thing here. Not creepy because of the technology. Creepy because of who is deploying this technology. It's the Amazon Halo. Have you heard about this? Amazon Halo. Halo. Uh, no. It's a combination subscription service app slash app slash fitness wearable that uses the same technology for Alexa and it tracks your your vital signs and your voice not just your the tone of your voice so so the copy of the says um it makes the case that quote unquote strong social connections are just as important to long-term health as adequate sleep being fit having a good diet or even not smoking. And they're going to use machine learning driven speech to record your voice, analyze the tempo, rhythm, pitch, and intensity, and make judgments about the positivity and energy of your voice to figure out if you sound happy or if you sound sad, if you have a lot of energy, if you're excited or you're tired. And then it's going to tell you that information. Okay. It's going to let you know how you're feeling. It's going to let you know how you're feeling. For example, Amazon argues that having access to this information will help you understand how you sound to others and diagnose social problems in your life. Like if you are being tense with your family in the evenings because you are stressed out at work during the day, it'll sense that in your voice and it'll tell you you're being a huge B. (laughs) So you're going to wait for the app to tell you if you're going to be a B or not? I don't know. The, on the privacy issue, Amazon says it won't start listening until you opt in. Yeah, right. It's a microphone. Um, and all of the samples of your voice are processed locally on your phone and then deleted when the processing is complete. And we know that technology companies never really adhere to that. Sometimes it's on purpose. Sometimes it's accidental. Yeah. But, I mean, are you kidding me? Well, they should call it the Christopher Walken. Because there is a famous um, scene in a movie where he says, you're talking to me all wrong. It's the wrong tone. That's what it's going to say. Yeah, that's what it's going to say. But if you're talking to Christopher Walken 
how can you tell what his tone is? Yeah. You can't, you can't tell me you knew that he was upset from that. And what about people? There's uh, an actor I like, Richard Ayuade, and he speaks with a very flat affect. That's just how he is. Yeah. You can't tell if he's excited or sad or what. That's just the way his voice is. Yeah. And he uses that in his, in his character work. Like, what about for people like that? Exactly. Also, why do you need this? I'm really confused. Because they want to track your behavior and how you're feeling so they can see. That's fine, but don't make me pay for it. It costs $64.99 and you have to sign up a $4 membership. Oh. For them to record you and tell you how it sounds. You know what? We'll do that here at Hey, You Know It. <laughs> Go ahead. Send us a recording of your voice. We'll tell you we'll just tell how you, exactly. you sound. Yeah. Again. Uh, another way to find out how you sound is to ask people here. Hey, how do I sound? You yeah. know? And then, yeah. If you're that uh, detached or dis you disassociate from how you sound, I mean, if you're off by that much. Yeah, you need an app to tell you because you're so. Then you have other problems. I'm not, a person can do that. I mean, there are people who who work on things like that. People who have trouble modulating their voice or expressing themselves through voice. Mm -hmm. But you can get therapy for that, and yeah. that involves being with a human being. Also, what, when you're after you finish saying something, observe if it's possible for you to do so. How people are reacting to that shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even on Zoom. You know, I've been having some Zoom calls with like six, seven people on them and the facial expressions. Yeah. They say it all. You, you, you can it's, mute all you want. Yeah. You know what? It's so funny the way people forget that you can, they, they're, you can see them. And I forget you can see me. I don't. I, I'm, I amp it up. I'm like, I, I'm, you know, I'm mugging. No, but I, time. I'm like, sometimes when someone's going on, I'm like looking around. And then no, I see I, other people looking around. I'm like, ooh. I get very Italian with my hands. Mm-hmm. You know, I like people to, because I feel like it has to be big. Yeah. So that people can really see, you know, how yeah. I'm feeling about something. You're on camera. You've I am on show camera. Yeah. <laughs> it's showtime. So yeah, it's the Amazon Halo. Again, I'm not sure what problem this piece of technology is solving, but it definitely is solving the problem that Amazon doesn't apparently know enough about you. Oh. Um. Yeah. So it's going to make judgments based on the recordings about the positivity and energy of your voice. If this app tells even one woman that she should smile, I will smash oh. it. <laughs> <laughs> just smile. Yeah. If you just smiled more or it's like, you sound upset, you know? Yeah. Would you, would you like to buy whatever it well, is? You Jeff sound bitchy. You yeah. have a bitchy tone, but a guy is going to be like, that's assertive. What a commanding leader. It, well, it's going to say, yeah, you have a bitchy tone. And then it's also going to tell you that, you know, you're about to have your period. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're in tune with your body, you'll know both of those things. Exactly. So I think the fear for me with a lot of these um, electronic devices, especially the one that, that track our health signs is that people will lose touch with their, with their bodies and they won't understand. They won't be monitoring it because this device is monitoring it so right. that they can think about something else. I don't know what that is. And though. then they'll deny what the, is actually going on because the app yeah. did not say that they were. They'll be like, I don't have my period. I'm like, you're sitting in a red puddle. Yeah, you know? no, the app says it's not time for me to have it yet. So how could this <laughs> yeah. be? Then just stay there. It's fine. You know, wear the white suit. It's fine. Sure. Right? All right, what do you have? Well, there is a bacteria that's on Earth, but it can survive in space and even oh, really? endure a trip to Mars. Okay, so there is this bacteria. It has, it's, a highly res, it's highly resistant to radiation and other environmental um, hazards. And mm -hmm. it has survived outside the International Space Station for three years. How? They put it out there yeah, and pulled it, it back in? Yeah, they took, the, it was a part of the, uh, the, the Japanese did this. It was a mission in, that included pellets of this dried Dino, um, I'm going to try this again, Dianococcus bacteria. Okay. So they put the pellets of this bacteria on aluminum plates and they placed exposure panels outside the space station. Well, thank God it didn't all of a sudden, you know, experience rapid evolution out there or something. <laughs> right. 
You got to be careful when you're doing these things, people. I know, I know. So they named, they nicknamed it Conan the Bacterium. Okay. So because in, in Japan, they don't have some kind of approximation of like a super strong human. Yeah. So it's Conan <laughs> and it has the ability to survive or it's hilarious and has red hair. Yeah. Oh, we're thinking. <laughs> It can't stop, won't stop, even yeah. in outer space. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Always on. Always on, that guy. Yes. Oh, and so it, it survives the cold, dehydration, and acid, and it is the most radiant-resistant life form. Um, it can resist 3,000 3, times the amount of radiation that would kill a human. Mm-hmm. And it was first isolated in, in cans of meat. Oh my goodness. So the, the bacteria exposure, uh, this experiment ran from 2015 to 2018. It's just rancid meat, uh, It's it, it, it first in cans of meat, subjecting to sterilizing radiation. So that's where they were first testing it. It was, it refused to be sterilized. <laughs> they just could not get that pot and meat clean. It's about freedom. It's about your right yeah. not to be sterilized. <laughs> Freedom, exactly. I don't need a mask. No. Free. No, you don't need to be sterilized. But I really wanted to bring this up because the, the, this <laughs> this theory that they were testing is called the pansperm. It's called the panspermia theory. <laughs> okay, who's that? Panspermia is the idea that microbes can pass from one planet to another and actually distribute life. Oh, I believe that. Yeah. So, how, how did, I mean, otherwise, how would we have gotten here? Right. So, the idea that, like, you know, a meteorite or a meteor or some other rock from another planet that had like bacteria on it landed on Earth and can of potted meat. Yeah. <laughs> and boom. And it started off a whole chain reaction of life. So, that is called panspermia. I'll try it again. It is called panspermia. I like that panspermia. Yeah, I would be. I'd be happier if it has something to do with ovum or an egg. But yeah. sure, panspermia. Sure. Why not? Kabam. Yeah, because kabam. <laughs> From potted meat to the universe. So, are we going to be taking trash into outer space that one day is going to come back to literally haunt us? I yeah, I probably. We did report a while back on. Wasn't there some? Uh, bacteria on the space station on a toilet that had evolved yeah i don't know what happened to that yeah probably has it's in its own cage now somewhere in the bowels of the building its own space station but just very tiny (laughs) just very small yeah so it they say that it's important to know this because life can survive on mars then if they can put this conan the bacterium on there well that kind of life can but this kind of like you know, I know, I know. It's like the loose monkeys that we are kind of like, maybe not. Yeah. Using the term loosely life, you know, you think a human being or an animal, but no, they're talking about bacterium. I bet you, if you take a roach out there, they'll be all over the universe at no time. Yeah. No kidding. Right. Like, I feel like you put a roach outside this station three years, you pull it back in. It's like, what? Yeah. (laughs) You know, to eat a slice of pizza. Yeah. Pizza rat could make it out there. Too. Yeah. Uh, speaking of some uh, barnyard news, bonus barnyard news, um, sharks. Sharks are all about it this summer. They have been swarming. They've been going everywhere. They've been biting people and people are not getting the message. The message is always clear. Stay out of the water. So there's a part, New Smyrna Beach off the coast of Florida. It's a little bit south of Daytona Beach. And apparently it's been a hot spot for people getting bitten by sharks. Not eaten, but bitten. Bitten, okay. And the people haven't gotten it yet. There's a woman, a shark bit a woman twice as she was in the waters off the coast of Florida. According to officials, the incident is the fifth this year to report it in a county dubbed the shark attack capital of the world. Did she not get out of the water after the first bite? (laughs) She was boogie boarding. Um, Around 11 a.m., she hopped off the board. The shark bit her left leg. She kicked the shark. He came back again and bit the ankle. Oh, oh, God. And then swam off. He's kind of like, you didn't need to do all that. Um, So they said the chances of being bitten by a shark is very small. 
And I'm saying you can reduce it to zero if you don't go in the water. True. But there are steps that can be followed to lower the risk. It says, do not go out in the water alone. I mean, I think that's fair for any situation. I was always taught that just have someone know that you're out there, have someone keeping an eye on you because you never know. Yeah. Uh, Don't go at dawn or dusk. Well, yeah, that's when sharks like to come out and don't venture into the water where there are lots of fish. So if you see bloody chum in the water, don't go. Don't go in that either. Um, Or if you see people fishing. Also avoid wearing jewelry, which is pretty clear because they like um, they like a, a ring. Like a shiny object in the water. Like a shiny object. And this, and it says here, don't splash the surface of the water. <laughs> I don't know how you're going <laughs> to... Yeah, well, I mean, if you're going to like horseplay too much around sharks, you shouldn't do that. I guess. So it's the fifth shark bite incident this year at the new Smyrna Beach. Earlier in the month, a 22-year-old woman was bitten on the foot. They're going for feet, these sharks. <laughs> Hey. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then in July, this is the creepy part. An 11 year old boy was standing in the water up to his waist. And if you ever watch videos of sharks, I do all the time. There doesn't need to be very much water for mm-hmm. a shark to swim. So this kid is 11 years old. So he's short, up, short up to his waist only in the water. Shark bit his foot. Oh my God. Yeah. So since 1882, there have been 312 confirmed unprovoked shark attacks. How do we know that they're unprovoked? Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you are a piece of uh, tofu or seitan and you're on my plate, I'm going to eat you. Yeah. No, exactly. there's no provocation needed. Right? You're well, in my... You're in the, you're in the um, food dish. Yeah. You're... If you're in the refrigerator and I go in there, I'm going to eat you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, 312 shark attacks, uh, in that area. And then the neighboring areas, 150 and 79 since 1882. So this is a a lot of shark attacks going on. I don't know why people are still getting in the water. Like the idea that a shark could, I could be up to my waist in the water and still get bitten by a shark. That's not cool at all. Yeah. No. That means it's not safe to walk in the water. No, but you're going to take your chances because we all like the beach. I mean, I'm not, I don't, I don't go anywhere where sharks have been seen. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> like like I go sharks. places where sharks have been seen, but like I, you know, I don't get in the water. Right, right. Um, and I've been in the water one time diving where I saw a shark out of the corner of my eye. I've never gotten into a boat so fast in my life. Oh, did you really? <laughs> because you know, usually they have to help you up. I think I just like porpoised out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And hopped in because I was like, oh, hell no. So you breached the surface? <laughs> yes, like a whale. And you I came up on the side. Spin and landed on the deck of the boat. Yes. <laughs> it, was, it was frightening. And I love sharks, but you know, why take a risk? Yeah, exactly. Nobody knew. It's their territory. Yeah. Stay out of the water. Yeah. All right. What do you have? <laughs> Speaking of water. Okay. There is a, a kayaker who found um, a note, a kayaker found a message in a bottle floating wow. in a Delaware river and was able to reunite the letter with the woman who wrote it 35 years ago. He better be careful. Cause I've seen the rivers in Delaware. <laughs> he could get a tetanus shot soon. <laughs> yeah. So the bottle didn't travel far, but perhaps it traveled the world and came back. No, it didn't. No, no. So this guy, Brad watch smooth um, thought, the bottle bobbing in the water about two miles offshore of the Broadkill River was a piece of trash when he spotted it. Mm-hmm. Just a few days after Tropical Storm Isaiah swept through the area. He goes, so as we usually do as kayakers, we try to pick up trash out of the water when we can. Okay. So then his friend noticed there was something inside and the two fished out the letter written by Kathy Riddle and her cousin Stacy Wills dated 35 years ago, August 1st, 1985. Isn't that wow. funny that they, they found it oh, 35 years in one week? That's strange. Right? And in Delaware. Yeah. And it described their family pets and asked potential future readers if they had any of their own, among other childhood musings. So they were like kids and they did this. And they brought cool. the letter to the Milton Historical Society and a curator reached out to the family who put the two in touch. Yeah, I mean, that's easy to do in Delaware. I've been to Milton. There's like eight people who live there. Yeah, so Riddle, who just lived miles away in Milton, um, 
he was able to return a letter to her Thursday, and he said he was surprised it ended up in the same waters after decades of storms and tides. But Riddle suggested that maybe it was fate. My cousin and I were staying at that beach. We decided to write a letter and send it out and see how far it went. It didn't travel very far, but perhaps it traveled the world and came back. That's no, it's Delaware. Nothing, nothing gets out of Delaware. You see, it was just floating around there, circling. Yeah, Biden's the only thing that's gotten out of Delaware in the past like fifty years. <laughs> this bottle couldn't even get out of Delaware. No, Delaware is just a state full of banks, and I guess these couple of people who are putting bottles in the water <laughs> with notes. Yeah, <laughs> looking for some adventure. But isn't that like if I throw a bottle into a river? And then someone's like, oh, here, this is your, and you're still in the same town. Oh. And then you're yeah. like, here's your, your bottle with the message. Well, yeah. I mean, what a dream crusher that is. It, it really is because you're hoping that, first of all, when you find a message in a bottle, you're hoping that it's from far away. Yeah. That's yeah. the fun part of it. And that somebody like in France will get it and be like, ooh, la, la, this is a great yeah, but, but most message. people who are, who are doing this don't really understand how the tides work. Yeah. And how the circulation of the different, you know, waterways work, as did this woman. Yeah. So, so. I mean, keep dreaming about it. You're traveling the world. You can. But I'm going to put money on the fact that it just was floating yeah. around there. It's amazing uh, that it just didn't disintegrate because Delaware also has a lot of like petrochemical and nuclear yeah. power plant stuff. So be careful. I hope they Geiger countered that <laughs> before, before they indulge. Thank you for listening to Hey You Know It. Stay in touch with us during the week. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Tumblr. Go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. We'll read it on an upcoming show regardless of content. As always, we love your emails. Send us an email at heyyouknowit at gmail.com with your comments, questions, and segment ideas. Emails will also be read on upcoming shows. Please tell your friends about us because you know we don't advertise. And let them know we can be found on iTunes at stitcher.com and at heyyouknowit.com. Thanks. Nineteen eighty-five. What were you doing in nineteen eighty-five? Uh, fifth grade. I was doing it hard too. I was, the, I was going to school in Delaware. Actually, <laughs> in, I'm not kidding. In Middletown, Delaware, I went to a school that doesn't exist anymore called the Broad Meadow School. You're kidding. It's very fancy. Yeah. So if you prop may have run across this woman, uh, you probably did. Let's just say for yeah, like at that time, she and her her cousin or friends they were doing their dreamy dreams and they I probably threw it in. I probably they would probably remember me as that little black girl with the afropus who pissed on our dream <laughs> <laughs> and told us to take that bottle and fuck off yeah <laughs> yeah you know I, who knows you guys what if you ran past each other in the store or even talked to each other yeah you know they yeah. uh, may have been your age or a little bit older well they were not at the broad meadow school you sure? We did not. We did not stand for that type of frivolity. <laughs> we had a strict code of conduct okay. and a code of arms. <laughs>